FTC Everybody turn it up, here we go About to get it started on the DFDC show Double F, double C, in case you didn't know So come on, join the mob like we the Sopranos So when I speak, you will see that y'all gon' listen to me Winter is coming, but they're bringing the heat A bit of variety, painting a picture, get a tattoo to ink Get what I mean, the DFDC show Here we go, here we go Here we go, here we go Here we go, here we go The DFDC show here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go. The DFDC Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DFDC Show, where characters are welcome. I'm your host, DFDC Jeff Pomaccio. On this pilot episode, I will be sharing my backstory with everyone to really provide some contextualization of the characters that we'll be focusing on and the reason why. So I think it's really important, no matter whom you're talking about in a character study reference, which is what the DFDC show is going to be each and every week. As we say in our intro, characters welcome. And that's really true. It it might be from your favorite anime all the way down to your favorite television show and everything in between. There's really no subject No form of entertainment that includes characters that is off limits. And that's one of the great things of the DFDC show. And again, I just wanted to welcome everyone to this first episode. And if you want to follow me, you can do so at Long Island 1892 on Twitter. And this pilot episode, like I said, I'm really going to be sharing with you my story. Some pivotal benchmarks and moments in my life that really have shaped me as a person, and I think really have affected the kinds of characters that I become a fan of. Another thing about the DFDC show, there will never be gatekeeping, but there are spoilers. So this is your warning for all the shows and episodes afterwards. No gatekeeping, no matter where you are in your fandom, you're welcome here. You're welcome to continue and to engage in the discourse of characters on the DFDC show but there is that spoiler warning. Without further ado, my story starts in June of 1992 on Long Island, where I've grown up. Long Island is always a hot or cold relationship for me. I never loved living in Long Island. I was bullied a lot growing up for the stupid reasons that kids are bullied, but Nonetheless, I was bullied a lot, and that really shaped my outlook and kind of how I viewed being on Long Island. But in any case, I spent a lot of my time actually in the Poconos growing up, working at a sleepaway camp. During my teenage years and into my early 20s, I worked at a sleepaway camp in the Poconos, and I was able to teach flying trapeze. It was a really rewarding time, and it really was a you know, moment in my life that really shaped who I would become. A lot of my friends during my time there are from the UK and from Australia. Fortunately, I'm able to still keep in touch with them. I have a deep appreciation for British culture. The first time I went over to Great Britain was in 2005 when I was only 13 years old. Since then, I've traveled to the United Kingdom many times, even having the opportunity to call London home when I studied abroad during my time in college. Um, For college, I lived in the DMV area, 
and really, you know, found a real connection to Maryland and to the Maryland culture. You know, my story is really unique in the fact that, unfortunately, I've had several dear friends who I consider brothers pass away, um, one of which was my brother, Phil, who literally passed away the first weekend of college. Um, You know, it was something, you know, it was a really tragic story that I deal with every single day. And this September will be 10 years without him. Losing loved ones, I think, is an instant moment in people's life where kind of they reanalyze what's going on. And it's a benchmark, as we said in the beginning. And um, my brother, Phil, was not the only one to pass away. After college, um, I had another dear friend who I consider brother pass away. And Rami, who also passed away, you know, had a just this kind of carefree zest for life. And he was one of those friends that always believed in you when you didn't necessarily believe in yourself. Um, you know, it it was really unfortunate, you know, kind of all these moments that I've had to experience in losing loved ones. But what these moments have done for me is it put my life into perspective and it really makes me want to seize every day that I can. And I think it changed the way that I looked at how I spend my time and the entertainment that I watch. If I'm going to watch something, I want it to be great. I want it to entertain me. I want it to distract me from all this kind of negative BS that's going on in the background. And that includes the quarantine and the coronavirus. You know, this pandemic is really sweeping the world and affecting everyone in its wake. And fortunately, we have TV shows and movies and music and all various forms of entertainment to distract us from the pandemic and what's going on in the real world. And even in this time, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this show more, but I have been so infatuated by the show Ozark and just the characters that Jason Bateman and the rest of the cast were able to bring to life. And it's so metaphorical from him having to leave the big city of Chicago to the Lake of the Ozarks in isolation to hide from danger. That's basically the gist of it. And of course, there's more. We're going to get into more, not on this episode, but that's a little teaser of what is to come. Also, to anyone who celebrates, may the fourth be with you and revenge of the fifth. I am a big Star Wars fan, have been since I was a little kid growing up on the original trilogy, watching VHSs. And this kind of brings me to my point that I said in the beginning about gatekeeping. Um, There will be no gatekeeping. I do not have a tolerance for it. If you love the prequels, great. If you love the only the original trilogy, great. If you love the sequels like me, great. Why do I love the sequels? Like I said, our friends influence how we view media. My final memory with my brother Rami, who passed away, was actually seeing The Force Awakens. That was his first experience in the world of Star Wars, and it was an honor to be his ambassador then. And for that very reason, I will always have an appreciation and a fandom of The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and the rise of Skywalker. But don't worry, there will be a lot of Star Wars talk here on the DFDC show. There's so many different characters in Star Wars in particular that have really shaped me as a person. 
since the quarantine has started and we all kind of been trapped inside, there's been two things that I've been really itching to do. That's number one, get a tattoo because I love tattooing as an art form and as a form of self-expression. And the other thing is go to Disney World. Disney World is my ultimate escape where you get to see your favorite characters come to life. For me, I still have vivid memories of going on Peter Pan's flight and feeling as though I was actually flying over London into Neverland. And even so much when I was in high school, I got a souvenir of the Pirates of the Caribbean coin from the Curse of the Black Pearl, the first film. And it was this replica necklace that they made, this little cheap necklace. But in high school, whenever I had it on me, not necessarily wearing it, whenever I had it on me, it brought me good luck. And for that reason alone, even if I didn't necessarily love the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise as a movie, I always found value and admirable qualities in the characters that Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley and so on and so forth brought to life because, you know, this little trinket from this movie made such a big impact to me when I was younger. And it's crazy moments like that. Growing up, I'm a big Harry Potter nerd, a big Potterhead, whether it's the books, whether it's the movies, whether it's the Lego sets, whether it's the video games, the action figures, the wands, anything and all things Potter. I guess it comes with the territory of wishing I was British deep down, but it has always been a home to me, that being Hogwarts. And this past week, we celebrated the 22nd anniversary of the battle at Hogwarts. And even thinking about the Deathly Hallows still gives me chills. It is my one and only tattoo on my wrist. And like I said, I have many, and I'm sure if it's requested, I can do a whole tour of them. But um, the Deathly Hallows in particular uh, and that story and final chapter in Harry Potter is and has always been very special to me because I used the story of Harry Potter as an escape and as a coping mechanism after my brother Phil passed away 10 years ago. And still, I refer to Harry Potter in times of trouble, times of need, and times of comfort, like Star Wars and many other fandoms too. I come from an interfaith family, my father being Catholic and my mother being Jewish and being raised on Long Island. My uh, maternal grandfather is a Holocaust survivor, and my fraternal great-grandmother immigrated from Yugoslavia through Italy to come back to the United States. And the experiences that they have had as immigrants and as refugees in some cases really, you know, changed my outlook on everything. And I was fortunate enough to go to Israel in a few years ago and being able to go to Israel, being able to see a culture come to life was such an amazing experience. If you guys ever had the opportunity to go to Israel after the pandemic, I highly suggest you do so. It really is a magical place. And it was a moment in time where I never felt so connected to living in the moment and really just taking everything in. Growing up with an Italian Jewish culture, it made certain 
moments and certain shows almost sound familiar. I loved growing up watching The Sopranos and seeing the Sunday dinners on the show because that's what my family did. I love the idea of Tony Soprano because it questioned who a mob boss was and can a mob boss be a family man. For me, the idea of a Hollywood gangster has always kind of been legend in my family because my uncle was actually Marlon Brando's double in The Godfather. So I've always had this deep appreciation for the mafia and the mob as portrayed on in cinema, whether it's in film or whether it's in television, everything from The Godfather to Sopranos. I love it all because I have that family connection. And while I still think I would love these shows, Again, it forms a deeper bond of my fandom because it's not just James Gandolfini, who I appreciate his work, but it's the character that he's fully creating and becoming every time he filmed The Sopranos. And as we all know, you know, we have the benefit of living through this television renaissance that was arguably started by The Sopranos when people started to say, hey, You know, these serial TV shows, these television programs can be at the same quality as a Hollywood produced movie, if not even better. And that's why I think we're so grateful. Again, when we're stuck inside, we have this vast library of all these streaming services to really let our mind go to places beyond the walls of our home. Even a character such as wild as Joe Exotic from the Tiger King is able to find the way into being the subject of conversations for so many as they cope with being inside and Carol Baskin and is she a bad guy is she not did she kill her husband did she not who's really at fault there are so many ways that stories can be told and so many different mediums, and whether you're on Netflix, whether you're on Hulu, whether you're on Disney+, Plus, whether you have WWE Network, whatever it might be, there are so many different options to get your entertainment, even from YouTube and self-produced content. And that's the thing that's wonderful, but there's also a downside to the quarantining because it is affecting the television and the movie and entertainment industry as a whole. We've seen wrestling shows with no fans in attendance. We've seen movies be pushed back till next year in some cases because of the coronavirus. And we've seen TV shows have to end seasons early because of the pandemic. Now, I'm sure there's a big group of us that wish this would have happened to Game of Thrones and they would have maybe fixed the last season. But that's happened. And Game of Thrones, you know, is such a pivotal show like The Sopranos. You know, we'll be taking a trip to Westeros here on the DFDC show. I watched Game of Thrones, the whole series as it debuted live. It was a real show that I found that I really enjoyed with my friends. It was one of those first shows during college that we really all sat down together and we watched the show live and we would talk about our favorites and we would try to guess what was going to happen next. And it was a real discussion and it was just a wonderful time, you know, really playing a Game of Thrones, if you will. So don't you worry. The trials of the Starks and the Lannisters will absolutely be put under the microscope. P.S. I'm a Lannister fan. Sorry. Other shows that I have really been inspired by and some are my favorites 
is Shameless and Sons of Anarchy. If you've seen either, if you've seen neither, they are great shows to watch at any point. It really helped me identify myself and qualities that I want to see in myself. And I think that's what makes a great character. And one definitely an aspect that we're going to continue to touch upon is are the characters relatable? Whether it's seeing Frank struggle with his sobriety or seeing Fiona pick up all the pieces, that's relatable. Whether it is Jax Teller having to fill the shoes of, you know, his group and his, you know, play a stronger role, especially after he lost some of his closest friends. And again, there is a spoiler warning, but I'm not going to go into detail on that because that's a major spoiler warning. And when we get to the specific Sons of Anarchy episode, by all means, I will talk about that. But, you know, Jax Teller is this Shakespearean character uh and you know and kurt sutter said this too the it is amazing how many shows are built on the framework of shakespeare and how much shakespeare has inspired so many different writers and storytellers and directors today and it really is cool especially if you're familiar with any of the works of the great playwright that is william shakespeare um but again you know even with shameless you know shameless is for all intents and purposes, it is a show about people fucking up and what happens when you fuck up and who is affected when you fuck up and how many different ways can you fuck up and whatever you think is going to go wrong, whether it's to Lip, whether it's to Carl, whether it's to Fiona, it always happens. Um, you know, and it shows that you need a family, you need a community of friends, you need you know, really just a system in place to make sure that even when things go wrong, because things can go wrong that are out of your control. We all remember what happened to Monica. But when those things happen, you have to have a system in place that's going to keep everyone together and to hold you back up. You know, we've seen this in the most recent season with Lip, and it's really been incredible to see the journey that this cast has gone on. You know, this show has had 11 seasons, I believe. And, you know, with each season, you know, I'm always like, how are they going to keep the story going? But they somehow always manage to do so successfully. And that's another one of just my favorites that really have shaped me as a person. You know, I look to my favorite TV characters and not only do I relate to them, in many cases, I want to emulate certain characters and certain aspects of them. In particular, when you look at Avengers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've always been a comic book person. I've always been a comic book reader, a subscriber, a superhero person drawing myself with capes and wanting to have superpowers was always what ran my imagination when I was a child. And even in the MCU, you know, 20 plus films later, I'm finding new connections to these classic characters. And in particular, Thor in Endgame, you know, we've all seen Endgame at this point. It's one of the world's largest movies. But when you really look at, you know, the arcs of Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, there's so much human in that story because at the end of the day, it might be superheroes, but it's really a story of Tony, Steve, 
and Thor. And I think that is so much more powerful. It's so relatable. That's one of the great things that Marvel was able to do. And the best, you know, difference that I can tell everybody between DC and Marvel is DC Comics focuses on the superhero. Marvel focuses on who's wearing that costume. And for me, I'm a huge Batman fan, a huge Batman Beyond in particular fan. And... At the same time, I'm a huge MCU fan and a huge Marvel fan. And the weird off characters, too, a.k.a. the Demon Etrigan, a.k.a. Dead Man because I'm a trapeze artist. Even Mr. Terrific and Zatanna are some of my favorite DC heroes for various reasons. And on the Marvel side, I got my obscure ones, too, like She-Hulk. I'm a big She-Hulk fan. I'm a big Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen fan, a.k.a. Ghost Spider. And, you know, there are so many characters that will never see the light of a screen, whether it's in a movie or in a TV show, but they exist in a book and they exist in a comic book and they're able to still inspire me and inspire so many others. So, like I said, there's no character that is untouchable on the DFDC show. And at that same time, you don't need to have this fanatic fandom of a title to be inspired by it. In particular, one of my favorite novels and movies is This Is Where I Leave You. Tina Fey's in the movie as well as Adam Driver. Um, But it's about a family sitting Shiva after their father passes away. And it's just a movie about how Even when your world around you is dysfunctional, and even if you're dysfunctional as a family, you can find functionality within it and making it work. And I think there's a big message in that even today, amidst COVID-19 and the pandemic. One movie that I've only watched once, and now I will for certain only watch once, is Marley and Me. I'm a very big dog lover. Uh, Man's Best Friend is a perfect definition of a dog in my mind. Um, Unfortunately, I lost my childhood dog last September, and that was reason enough not to watch Marley and Me. I've seen Marley and Me once, but now I have a lab. So Bailey the lab is a year and a half old. I uh, had her since she was 12 weeks old, and she is the best friend with a tail a guy could ask for. But it's just another reason why I don't need to watch Marley and Me because, unfortunately, dogs are not these everlasting, you know, creatures, much like humans. So, you know, whenever it's a sad movie, I don't know, sad stuff is just never, you know, I I always look for something that's going to entertain me. Not necessarily sad, but just something that's really going to pack a punch and inspire me, which is what I can say about Peaky Blinders and Thomas Shelby and his character. You know, he comes back from World War One and he's a different person. And we've all had these traumatic experiences in our life. And, you know, I've shared some of mine uh, now and I've been through a hell of a lot more. And those experiences, you know, that you know, once you go through them, you're a different person. So it was so remarkable to me to see this transformation of Thomas Shelby from when he's still in the mindset of 
you know, being the digger and being in the the trenches and being in the caves and having to, you know, really save the war efforts versus being at home with his family, being with his nephews, being with his brothers, you know, being even with um, the various characters who are also in, you know, his world and in his life and how he is with Grace and how he is, what happens after Grace and just so many different ways that, it is a story reflective, not of a World War I British gangster, but as anyone who's been through something traumatic. I think my fandom and appreciation for characters comes from my action figure collecting. Since a child, whether it be superheroes, professional wrestlers, Star Wars, Power Rangers, small soldiers, whatever it might be, I've always collected action figures and told my own stories with these characters. One of my favorite memories was when I was a child, I was playing guys, as I called it back then, with my grandfather. And I said, well, they're guys. They're good guys and they're bad guys. But if you're a good guy on TV, you don't necessarily have to be a good guy when we play, you know, guys. And the figure I would always choose first would be the Joker from the Batman animated series. And I'd say, well, Joker is a good guy in this game. And... That really showed to me when I was at such a young age that everyone's a good guy when they're telling their story. And it's really interesting to me that depending on the story being told and depending on what inspired someone to tell that story or how someone views that story can really change who is their favorites, who's their least favorite, who they get inspired by, and everything else. It's just such a cool phenomena that we have these stories to tell. And I think it's really poetic in a sense that when you look at history and you look at us as people and going from an oral history around a campfire to being able to literally have a library of unlimited stories to tell from an imagination, from real life and otherwise, it's such an incredible time just to be inspired and to imagine and to look to these stories to distract us from everything that's going on in the world around us. One of the greatest pro wrestlers to don the squared circle is John Cena. We've seen him wish after wish make so many children's days from people who need it the most and deserve the most as their wish kids, as part of the Make-A-Wish Foundations. Even amidst this pandemic, the one who can't be seen was visible to a child who wanted to meet his hero. And that's another thing, too. Being a pro wrestling fan, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of my favorites. And if whether it's at a Comic-Con, whether it's at an Access, whether it's at a signing, whether no matter what it can be, meet your heroes, whomever they might be. I highly suggest meeting them. You know, the moments that I've shared with my heroes and talking with them about how they inspired me and how their work really shaped me and who I am today. It's such an incredible moment. And I really hope that everyone will have an opportunity to experience that and meeting your hero after the world is reopened again. And as I wind things down here on the pilot episode of the DFDC show, what are some characters you would like me to cover? It could be anyone from any walk of life, from real life, from fiction, from storyline or not, in the music world, in the television world, in the film world, any aspect, in the sports world too. You know, 
being from New York, the one real New York identity that I've always clung on to has been being a New York Yankees fan. And even now, as I am looking at a picture I have in my room of Derek Jeter sliding into second base, you know, you really get a sense of that baseball players and athletes in general, from Derek Jeter to LeBron James to David Beckham, are larger-than-life people and their characters. You know that Derek Jeter is Captain Clutch. He's the captain. You know he's going to lead, in a lot of people's minds, the evil empire to another victory well before he retired. In addition to the Yankees, I'm a very big Miami Heat fan. I've always been a Miami Heat fan because my first NBA game was in 1999 versus the Chicago Bulls, the year after Michael Jordan retired, before he came back. And I saw the Heat. And the Heat played well. And ever since then, I've been a Miami Heat fan. And, you know, it's little things like that, little experiences, little moments that shape, you know, ourselves and our personality and who us as individuals are inspired by, whether it's the characters, whether it's the stories, whether it's the music, whatever it might be. There are so many different reasons why we are entertained by what we're entertained by. And I cannot wait to communicate and talk to everyone each and every week about a different character that inspires me and maybe you too. Again, I'm your host, DFDC Jeff Pamacho. This has been the pilot episode of the DFDC show, Characters Welcome. Thanks, everybody. And oh, yeah, make it pop.